You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hello and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Mary McQuirt. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, this week we're talking about fire fraud. The documentary we're looking at is actually the one on Hulu from 2019. It's about an hour and a half long, directed by Jennifer and Julia Willoughby Nason. Is that what you have? Yes. Okay. There is a second documentary on Netflix. We'll discuss that as part of this as well. I mean, we will not discuss the documentary itself, mm-hmm. but we'll get into that. The one we're covering today is from Hulu. Right. I think the idea is we'll be putting that out sometime this week. I'll put that up on the social media so you guys can have a little bit of warning. But we thought that might be a nice, I don't know, extra wonderful little addition to this. So I'm excited to talk about the contrast and comparison. Mm-hmm. Yes, compare and contrast, just like when you were in high school. <laughs> That's right. If you could give me a five-paragraph essay, that'd be great, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, 300 words, please. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for reals. So, of course, we are always hoping that you'll take a moment and watch the documentary before we discuss. I think that's going to be so much fun for you. And also, I wanted to call out a couple of comments that we got on Instagram. One from Seriously Sinister Podcast, who says, oh, my God, this whole scheme was so insane. I was so excited when I read that because, number one, they have a great title for that podcast. And then reading the the description of it, we were both like, and I'm in because that sounds just like my jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll have to listen this week because neither one of us have heard of it. So we will listen this week and we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, super excited. And then the other that we got was from a 74 who said, unbelievably wealthy privilege gets put on blast in a diet because those sandwiches are seriously lacking. And that is absolutely correct. I died when I saw that. <laughs> yeah, bougie cheese sandwich, which I'm sure we'll get into later. But thank you so much for making those comments. Uh, we had a lot of fun reading those including you in our discussion. So thanks again. Mm-hmm. So let's take our brains back to 2017, which is when the fire Festival happened or didn't, as it were. It was advertised as a festival on a private island that was once owned by Pablo Escobar, who was a drug lord who killed people, by the way. So I'm not sure why that is so fucking glamorous, but sure. Yeah, he's got like a lot of almost a cult status, right? Because he was the mm-hmm. fucking worst, but somewhat loved. So yeah, it's really bizarre. In his general community, yeah. Yeah. And it was supposed to have music, amazing accommodations, top tier chefs. It was supposed to be like this dream vacation. Yeah. Immersive music festival. Yeah. All the beautiful people that you see all over social media. And yep. you too, peon, could go and join them in their amazeballs life. Yeah. For just a for just a short time. For the small, small fee of five million dollars. I don't know. <laughs> it was they were outward. They never really discussed how much the tickets were, but they were outrageously expensive. Yeah, you get kind of a couple of um quick clips on the screen. One I saw said fifty thousand dollars for one of the packages. And I'm just like, Jesus H, that's insanity. But yeah, luxury packages for certain. Mm-hmm. Even the cheap, I use that term lightly, even the cheap packages were still outrageous, like thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Targeted toward millennials. So 
what's amazing to me is, yeah, you're targeting a really tiny demographic, right? Just people in general aren't going to have that much money. But millennials were hit really hard with a whole lot of like the recession right. and, you know, job market and shit Housing like that. Bust, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, for real. They're really screwed by that more mm-hmm. than I think any other generation. And so the fact that that was your targeted audience blows my mind. So millennials are, at least according to this documentary, born between 1980 and 1995. So I barely missed the cut. Listen, I'm straight up Gen X, so <laughs> I was just like, oh, I'm in. I don't know why it makes a difference because it's not like Gen X has the best of street creds, right? Like, like, no one even pays attention to us. That's the novelty. We just get so overlooked, and we're okay with that, right? We're completely okay with yeah, that. We're just cynical, and we don't care about anything. Contrast to millennials who care about everything. So it's just well, kind of funny, yeah. More than we do, right? And I think Gen Z is even more. Woke. more attuned yeah woke that's a great word <laughs> they just they give a shit and i love that about them they want to fight for for making the world better and i'm like god damn it i love you crazy kids man right? spending that dollar on companies that do things the right way which we're like mm-hmm. i don't know walmart's the cheapest <laughs> the fucking world <laughs> right um my jesus biscuit just tastes really good so right right so yeah i know it's kind of funny that god, way we're horrible people okay I know. So this this festival was supposed to be like a, a new Burning Man, a new Coachella, like bigger, better. Right. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because they talked later about Coachella being initially there were no VIP spots. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it really was sort of an everyman's festival mm-hmm. kind of modeled after your Woodstocks and um, Lollapalooza know, and yeah. Right. And those kinds of things. And now it's sort of basically a backdrop for a good Instagram yeah. It's the way they kind of, and they're like, well, you have your appropriated feather headdresses and like a yeah. lot of body paint and shit like that. And you're like, oh, I don't feel good about this no. at all. So, no. Yeah. Now, listen, though, I, it, some of these women, if I had a body like that, you probably couldn't put clothes on me, even to oh, walk out of the house. So I appreciate yeah. walking around in bikinis and that. Show it, girl. Work it. Earn it. That's right. Again, I would be at work in a bikini if that's what I look like. So. <laughs> I got no problem well, we with that. We couldn't be friends. <laughs> I'd be like, can you roll walk rotats with me? And you'd be like, um, I can't. Sorry. So I know. That's why I don't have that body because I walk for tots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the main cat that this whole thing focuses on, I had the brains behind this operation, brains and quotey fingers, Yeah. is Billy McFarland. William McFarland, if you wait till the end when he's being indicted for stuff. When he's in trouble, then he's William. He's not related to Seth MacFarlane, although I did have to look it up because I was like, that seems uncanny. You would think they would point that out in the documentary if it was true, but so says the internet that everybody thought that at one point. And so they kind of put a couple articles that were like, they look alike, but they aren't related. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Thank goodness. Yeah. So I have him as the brains, Cody Fingers, and he is handsome and he's very charismatic. But when he sits down for the interview in this thing, he has got the biggest fucking boots I have ever seen on a man. Like, it was almost like kiss status. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. <laughs> they were big. Someone had described him as the ultimate used car salesman. I thought that's brilliant. He really, really wants to sell you that car. And he's going to get you a deal. And you're now their best friend and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. I really, I enjoyed that as well. Mm-hmm. And that car's going to break down. Five minutes after you drive out the lot is really what's going to happen. Or it's going to get calling and stolen and the cops will pull you over. So he was 25 when this guy going. Yes. Yeah. And this was not his first go around, which was kind of, I mean, not surprising, but his age really was 
kind of a gasp moment for me, like a say what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was something else. So yeah, they talk about, oh, they talk to Billy himself. Right. He's featured quite a bit in this. Yes. Mm-hmm. A couple things I took away from this is every time they talk to him and he gets confronted with something that went wrong or something that he did wrong, he behaves like a child being scolded by his mother. Mm-hmm. That's what he looks like. But this was voluntary. It's not like they drug him in to do this. He wanted mm-hmm. to speak. The second thing is he talked about how, you know, he started his entrepreneurial techno bullshit when he was very young, like kindergarten mm-hmm. or something. Right. This girl next to him who he had a crush on had broken her crayon and she was really upset. And he said, well, for a dollar, I'll fix that crayon. Mm -hmm. And right there, I thought, this is why we'll never be rich. Because just take the paper off and give it back to her. The crayon still works. (laughs) Right? Instead of like hacking into the mainframe of the school um, label maker so you can get that back together. I thought that was really funny too. But yeah, he's a shyster from day one. And that's the best really that you can give to him. Mm -hmm. I thought it was hilarious the later they were talking about, well, this is according to Billy himself. As a fifth grader, he had a web hosting company and he had two or three people working for him full time in India. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, obviously the people working for him did not know that he was a grade schooler. At least in the States, that's, you know, that's grade school for us. But he was like, everybody else was out playing dodgeball or whatever. And I was working on my millions. And I'm just like, okay, dude. Well, and where were your parents? What did your parents <laughs> think about you running a company and probably paying those people working in India? Not enough. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't come off well. No. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, this is a brag. And I'm like, this is kind of gross. Well, I'm taking yeah. advantage of people. <laughs> Right. As a small child, I learned to fully exploit the underclass. Yes. Yes. Problematic. Uh, Again, this is why I will never be rich. Yeah. I would have fixed it for for free. You don't even need to fix it. You just take the wrapper off. Now you have two crayons. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. And they both work. That's right. Oh, my goodness. The mother had stated, like, they, they talk later where, you know, everyone wrote in to whomever praising him but even through the documentary you know the mother said oh billy was always the smartest he walked before everybody else he was the funniest he did his timetables faster than anybody else i was like that's a brag i'm doing my multiplication tables faster than anybody else and i can swim in the ocean as a toddler and i'm like versus drowning (laughs) he didn't drown i mean we tried like good job or whatever (laughs) well i mean you would think if you're writing in and you're trying to to say, listen, this is a good person. You'd be like, listen, Billy was always helpful. He helped old ladies across the street. And he always helped us put away the groceries. Right. Something he like that. tipper. You know, give me something like that instead of like, he's the smartest. He can only think big, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is gross. Mm-hmm. This just speaks to like, oh, he had everybody fooled. That's what I was thinking. And I'm like, at this level for some kind of white collar crime, we're still doing this character bolstering horse shit. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, who gives a fuck what kind of person yeah. he was if he committed these crimes? I don't care how fast he can do math in his head. He can do that in prison and he can work out how much them cigarettes are going to cost per piece, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, he must have been really great to the people around that he knew and cared about, but everybody else was just a mark. That's how he rolled, mm. like, his entire life. Thank God we were not the target demographic. I mean, you know. So 
then they get into he's a it's okay so he he does the crayon bit barf he runs a, mm-hmm. a scam in fifth grade and then in college they were supposed to put together this idea this big idea he went to school mm-hmm. i didn't write down where he went to school he dropped out from there i'm, I'm sure they don't want to be associated with it they, yeah i didn't catch that detail either but again there are various reporters the story is well documented and he had some kind of what was the name of the company that he tried to do that was like Google Plus or some shit like that? It was called yeah. Spling. And I I laughed out loud. So it was supposed to be, yeah, like Google Plus or like, oh, you're going to share stuff with friends or something. Mm-hmm. And my favorite is he walked out on stage. He's going to make this presentation. He's like, let's see a demo. Click. And then nothing works. It just goes to shit. And then after a few minutes, he's like, and eh, thank you. I'm, I'm Billy. Thank you. Spling. And they walks away. And there's like two claps. <laughs> God, that was glorious. And then they cut back to him in the interview. And he was like, after that, we were encouraged to find alternate sources for our you know, campaign or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that is a politician-y way to say like, and we abandon it or whatever. We got know? a big old F in that class and I dropped out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you know, it's set up as if you were going to watch Steve Jobs come out and like yeah. give some big kind of spiel, and then it's like, you know, it doesn't work at all. So funny, right? Also, let me say that's my nightmare. Number one, I never want to be on that stage, like Mm-mm. trying to present something like that. Mm-mm. I mean, was Mercury in retrograde? Did he did he look at that before he presented? Clearly, he did not. If you had gone to the psychic fair, he would have. He would have known. He would have known better. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen, they say people fear presentations, doing public presentations and public speaking more than death. So I give him credit for getting up there, but it made my heart happy that it failed miserably. (laughs) Shot him for it at its finest. Right, right. So then he discusses, you know, he's hanging out with his really rich friends. Now, his parents are in real estate. They don't say what kind of real estate. I'm assuming they do really, really well because he's always living this lavish lifestyle all the time. Yeah, I mean, if you are able to see if, like, throw your toddler in the ocean, you must have gone on a vacation or two to see if he could mm-hmm. float or swim, <laughs> like, like a dolphin, or drown, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, I mean, they all go out, and he says, "Oh, we all have these plain debit cards." And I thought, well, uh, I'm going to make a cooler one, and so he made a metal one. Here, okay, here are my problems with this. First of all, when that expires, you can't fucking shred it, right? It's not a metal card. That just seems like a bad idea. Yeah. We could smelt it down and like make it into a sculpture or something. <laughs> Some jewelry, you know. Well, I mean, is that, I mean, does that speak to millennials too? Like he was like, I just want this to be cool right now. I'm not really worried about anything else mm-hmm. later. It must be. I mean, I don't want to stereotype. I'm sure that there are some wonderful millennials. I mean, we do work with some as well that are amazing. People. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, but they got some bad street cred. Um, oh, they did. In the generational, I don't know, whatever you want to call that. Yeah. So. Listen, I'm not going to yell at you to get off my lawn. It's fine. Come on up. <laughs> but it just cracked me up. I'm like, of all the things to give a shit about, really? A-, a card that's not cool enough? So he creates a company called Magnesis, which he spelled incorrectly, and it looks like Magnesis. Mm-hmm. And it's a card that piggybacks off of your credit card, but gives you, like, benefits. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Yeah, they didn't get a lot of details on it other than there was a townhouse associated. Like, so if you had it, you could go to this townhouse where you could hang out party and meet people. So I'm like, uh-huh. is this like the real world meets my American Express commercials? It was so random. Right. <laughs> the townhouse made me think of a nudist beach because one girl said, 
the people there weren't the people they advertised. <laughs> like, just like a nudist beach, right? It's never the really pretty people there. No, and I mean, I hope they talked about etiquette because I've always been fascinated. Like, if you're in a nudist colony or nudist beach, do you have to put a towel before you sit in a chair? I think you should. Hygiene. I mean, hygiene I think. I think so. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but they look like, I don't know, just a bunch of douchebags hanging around there. So, mm -hmm. like, nobody, there was never a woman present at all. No. no. So, what's interesting is, so this card, I assume it just looks, it's like your same credit card, but it looks cooler. So, they're charging you just to have the card. You would use the same number and magnetic strips that would work with your regular credit card. You pay, say, mm -hmm. Capital One or whomever your card is through, mm -hmm. just like normal. Right. But you have a different card, so it looks a lot cooler. And you have benefits. Like, other than the townhouse, the rest of them didn't seem to be real. They were just talked about. Right. Again, I just don't understand it. Yeah. And I think that we will have trouble as Gen Xers. It'll be hard to really put ourselves in the shoes of these millennials who are like, look, what happened, what our parents valued, what you know, society's been telling us our entire lives kind of fell to shit all around mm -hmm. us our whole entire life. So now we are interested in how things look. We want the now, you know, that kind of stuff. So I mm -hmm. was aware while I was watching this, like, wow, I think that this is craziness. I do try to put myself in the shoes of whoever was, you know, people aren't stupid necessarily. They just want to believe in things. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought that might be something that we needed to get out there. Like, our old asses probably won't be able to understand a lot of this. No. You know what I mean? Well, and he's not only is he is he a millennial, but he's a really young millennial too, right? So if this is twenty seventeen, mm -hmm. he was twenty five years old. So he was born in what, not ninety two? So in ninety five is the cutoff. So he's like a baby millennial. He's not right. even like mm -hmm. the geriatric millennials. <laughs> Which I think there's a huge difference between in those those fifteen yeah. years, right? But there's no actual business. It's just people who talk about doing business. <laughs> it makes me think of Romy and Michelle. Like, do you yeah. have a businesswoman discount? <laughs> <laughs> just because we say we're businesswomen means we're businesswomen. And yeah, they, some of the amazing people, uh, the commenters that I don't have exactly all of their names, but mm -hmm. somebody was like, they, it was kind of a, a loop of kind of a PR representation of what he was doing, right? So he convinced people like reporters and stuff like that, that this was legit, but there were no specifics. So it, mm -hmm. it really was just kind of playing off of the image. It was really something. So mm -hmm. then they discuss, they bring in an investor, Aubrey McClendon. Now he was mm -hmm. the CEO of Chesapeake Energy. He's an older guy, mm -hmm. but he's like old money. His family had you know, all this money. And now he's the CEO of this energy company. Yeah. He owned the Oakland, right. Or Oklahoma city thunder. Okay. Is that, what kind of team is that? Is that football, baseball, it's basketball, a basketball. Okay. Sure. Yes. So, I mean, that's the kind of money you're talking about. Big time, big time money. Okay. I mean, not so big time that it's a team anyone's heard of, but sure. No, I mean, they've got some, they've got some shit going on. Okay. Sure. But he apparently, and <laughs> Billy goes to this meeting, there's all these people there and he takes his card out and he's like playing with it and it goes ting ting on the table all fun and ADHD like. And apparently that's all it took to get Aubrey to invest because he liked the idea of an ADHD credit card. That's what I got right. out of it. There was a laser on it and he was batting it around. Like <laughs> <laughs> and he went ahead and he invested super fast $500,000. Yeah. 
His magnesis, yep. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted that later on he was indicted on conspiracy to rig gas and oil prices, so he really isn't the best person to uh, maybe get involved with. Now, they didn't know it at the time, right? This is later he gets right. indicted on those charges and then dies the next day. Yeah, that's what I add, too, that Chesapeake Energy goes tits up. <laughs> for gouging oil and gas prices. I I just wanted to say tits up. And um, <laughs> they found out that he had borrowed $6 billion. And then the next day he dies in a fiery crash. I'm like, mm-hmm. good Lord, did he really die in a fiery crash? Is this going to be one of those situations where there was a body that they can't identify? And that's how I know I've been watching too much true crime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's very convenient. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad, right? I don't like a, die, a guy that dies, but still, you're just like, really? Well, I, I guess I feel like to him, death is preferable to taking responsibility for your actions. Yeah, have an answer for your damn self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So they lost the townhouse, which was the selling point of this credit card thing. Yeah. Apparently they had a party and they trashed it. And they put in the article that it was a 13 grand a month is how much that townhouse cost. Oh, yeah. 13 grand a month. Jesus Christ. Do you know what I could do with that kind of money? Um, Get a townhouse full of douchebags? Oh, wait. You have more sense than that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah. I just, when you see those kinds of, that kind of money being spent on stuff like that, you're like, Jesus Christ, people. You're right. I will never understand. It's just more of a, I will never understand the lifestyle of living with so much money that you just don't even have to think about it. Right? Yeah. I mean, could have fed people, could have done some good with that. You don't need that. It just is, I don't know, it just feels slimy. It does. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. So this is around the time that Billy meets Ja Rule. Mm-hmm. I remember Ja Rule. Wasn't he in one of the Fast and the Furious movies or something like that? That would require me to have seen a Fast and Furious movie, which I you haven't don't seen any of them? I don't think so. <gasps> I think I've cleverly avoided The first that. one was really good. That's really all I have. I've, I've seen the first one. I mean, I like a car movie. I like a good car chase movie. They have really pretty cars in it, too. Yeah, they have really pretty people in it, too. So, I mean, there's there's a lot mm-hmm. to like. I just don't think I ever got around to seeing one. So. Yes, he was in the original Fast and Furious. There you go. Thanks to the Googles. Uh-huh. He was also a rapper. I think that's what he's more famous for, but I couldn't name a single <laughs> song that he did. It's not that I don't like rap, but I'm sure if I heard some of the music, I'd probably know it, but... Yeah, yeah. I think there he did a song with J-Lo and some stuff like that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One guy says that every time he thinks of Ja Rule, all he can think of is the Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> oh my God. We had to watch that yesterday. I had to show it to my boyfriend because I was like, you, hey, I love Dave Chappelle. I do too. I know he's in a lot of trouble right now, but it was so funny that he was like, get Ja on the phone so I can understand what's going on. And I was just <laughs> dying laughing. <laughs> it was like, why do we care what celebrities think? But it was really poignant. He says things like, would, so Ja Rule and Billy are in like an interview and they're like, okay, why is Ja Rule, why are you, um, like, what attracted you to this project? To Magnesis. Yeah, this is when yeah. he was attached to that. And he's like, well, when the affluent mix with the less fortunate, you get the birth child who is called hip hop. What? Yeah, it's fucking nonsense. And that's what my notes say, like, <laughs> fucking nonsense interviews. Yeah, they're just making shit up. As they, which I guess most people do. They just do a better job of it. I don't know. Yeah, like... Like answers follow questions. But yeah, it's not a great look for him, at least how he's portrayed in this part of it mm-hmm. as the create. I mean, he's just creative head of Magnesis. That was his quotey finger mm-hmm. title. So yeah, he's not squeaky clean. He's had some tax issues and um, he's a good a gun charge in his past. So he, he spent a couple years in the 
in the pokey to the worm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, any proper gangster has, not gangster, any proper rapper who portrays himself as a gangster has been. Yeah, you gotta have that sweet, sweet street cred. And who knows about that more than me? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't have any street cred. I got lots of street cred. I'll give you some if you like. <laughs> Hey, all right. They talk about how, you know, just trying to get money. Billy is, he's just a consummate scam artist. He's a constant Monster. scam artist. Yes. Yes. Like he would sell tickets. He would, he would advertise tickets for sale that he didn't have. And mm-hmm. then like the day before he would buy the tickets for exorbitant prices and they give them to the people like at the day of the event and then use that money that they paid for that event to pay off the next scam and the next scam. And listen, I know I don't have an MBA. And I just have a tiny little lady brain. Right, right. But I don't see how that's going to sustain itself for long, right? Well, especially they've got a former Magnesis employee. Her name's Emily. And she's kind of telling us about these ticket scams. And she's like, there's no way you can get 200 tickets to Hamilton. Like this was Hamilton at the height of Hamilton, mm-hmm, right? right? at the beginning. Yeah. So he would sell it to people and then he would go and pay exorbitant prices on whatever ticket broker websites or whatever and I'm like how is that a good deal you know what I mean that's the part of like you're not like working to you don't have a minion that can look all over the interwebs to find a good like reasonable Hamilton tickets I don't know just I find it really interesting that he was like this is a great plan we'll continue to do this you would think that you would buy the ticket say it'd be $500 for a ticket and Mm -hmm. then you would go and sell it for 600 and make a profit but if you're already selling the ticket for 300 and then you can't find one for less than 500 you're already 200 in the hole for each ticket right it just doesn't add up well (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) Mm -hmm. but then yeah they'd have to run the next one to pay for Mm -hmm. you know the last scam that they ran and I'm just like and he wasn't hiding all this they talked Mm -hmm. about it and I'm always fascinated by people who are like, eh, I'm going to be fine. Everyone around me is also fine with this. Yeah. No, let's don't do that. It's not a good con. No, I, I just I just don't see how it can last very long. Yeah. And so in theory, the fire Festival is like a much larger scheme of that, right? They promise the sun and the moon mm-hmm. before they even look into what they can do and how to provide it. And then they just fall flat. So it, his all of his cons yeah. and scams and that were leading up to this. Did you talk about millennials a fair bitch? A fair bitch? Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> fair bitch. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's hard to love, but she is fair. She's a fair. That's a fair bitch. <laughs> um, but I mean, they talk about how how they want to be part of everything. They want to be part of the hype. They have the fear of missing out. And if you're not relevant on social media and you're not talked about, then you don't exist. Mm-hmm. That breaks my heart. Because I yeah. feel like... There's so many people who are not relevant. The majority of us are not relevant on social media, let's be honest. Right. And how how sad they must be because of that. Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you look at these idyllic lives all day long on your Insta feeds or whatever. It's these people doing these amazing things and they have these picturesque lives. And it's all about like my chicken coop and my like fuzzy sweaters. And I made all these, you know, wonderful blankets and shit like that and it's like most people are scrambling trying to pay their bills Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's it's just a a different version of keeping up with the Joneses that's how I understand it yeah it's an exaggerated version of that right one woman said that she you know thinks that of influencers she sees them as brave because they're sharing a lot of information and you know taking one for the team and I thought what are they sharing that's real the majority of what they share is not real they're doing it for profit so they have an image 
that they're pushing, which isn't their real life. Why well, is just like, to me, it's just gross vanity. Like, oh, every need, everyone needs to see what I had for breakfast and everyone needs to see, you know, how wonderful my life is and love me. Mm-hmm. Love. Um, I think that's really hard for me to understand why people are drawn to this because I'm just like you, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but again, I grew up with a different set of, <laughs> you know, examples in my life and, and all that kind of stuff. And the idea of monetizing your identity and your life to be an influencer, like that's sort of the idea of it. And it's just, it's foreign. And I cannot wrap my head Mm -hmm. around how it happens, number one, and why people are interested. But secondly, why you would want to put all your shit out there for everybody to judge and see. And it's just really a bizarre thought process. It is. I think anytime, listen, I posted once on social, (laughs) any social media platform a year, right? That's it. Usually mm-hmm. if I travel, I'll post some pictures if I'm traveling. Yeah. That's it. And I am not in those pictures. No right. one needs to see me. Those people know what I look like. Mm-hmm. They don't need to see what I eat. No one cares. Right. My life is way too boring. <laughs> and I realize that, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't understand the necessity to record every second of your life. Like have mm-hmm. a record of everything you do. And I am extremely thankful that the internet was not around when I was a kid. <laughs> I did some stupid <laughs> shit. Mm-mm. Right. But it's like, you know, you you deny, deny, deny. There's no, you don't write anything down. You take no pictures. Right. There's no video. No. Uh, plausible deniability. That's, that's my mm-hmm. jam. I think this story shows why you shouldn't put everything online because now they're like, listen, we have everything recorded about you saying and doing this stupid shit and now we can indict you for it. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. The whole thing with Fire Festival is it kind of proves how strong of an influence influencers have, right? So this social media yeah. world really can be used very strongly for marketing. They yeah. have a company called Fuck Jerry. And which is hilarious. If we start a company, please can we put fuck in the name? <laughs> Fucking lab, yo. I don't know. <laughs> but it's marketing. They do social media marketing and whatnot. They were paid to do marketing for Fire Festival and they did a goddamn great job, obviously. But again, they're making commercials about this. They fly people out to the Bahamas to record, mm-hmm. like, so you have Ja Rule, you have Billy, you have all of these Instagram influencers out there just having a party for days right. and just recording mm-hmm. it. And then they put this commercial together talking about this is what Fire Festival is going to be before anyone has looked into what it would take to do anything. Yeah. I liked the fact that there's a couple times when they have referenced what the marketing campaigns were and it's just like a boat gliding across the blue water and it says style like there's just like block letters that say I mean it's just like of no substance Mm -hmm. whatsoever there's no information that's being conveyed to you it's beautiful people beautiful scenes yeah I want to swim with some pigs which number one I would totally swim with a pig that seemed really cool but when they get on land they seem like they're kind of bitey so I was Mm -hmm. out yeah Yeah. well one of them bit Billy in the balls. So I'm okay with that. You're like, (laughs) sweet, sweet karma. (laughs) Listen, Billy, take a hint. The world is trying to tell you this isn't supposed to work. Right. So they're big. The first thing they do is that for fuck Jerry, they, they decide they're looking, you know, what's going to cause you to stop. So you just kind of see the same Mm -hmm. thing over and over and over again. It's just scrolling. So they decide that they have all of these people, thousands of people at the same time, put up this plain orange square. And if you click mm-hmm. on that plain orange square, it will send you to the Fire Festival website. 
Yeah, the promo videos and stuff. It's brilliant. Because that would stop you. Like, everything else is going on, and you're like, what the fuck is that? I did like that, too, because it was like, oh, that's sort of some of the, not science behind it, but like, oh, kind of explaining their thought process. Mm -hmm. And I always find that very interesting, because social engineering type things, well, maybe that's not right, but the social psychology of stuff Mm -hmm. is really interesting. Like, I think marketing is really interesting, because it's really effective. Think about all the... uh, like old jingle phone numbers you used to know. Oh, yeah. And I was like, God damn, those are catchy. So this is just sort of a different spin on that. So that was really cool. Yeah, we don't like to call it manipulation. We like to call it outcome engineering. Thank you. Oh, boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one thing they told us is, so, you know, they had to pay all these influencers to post this. Kendall mm-hmm. Jenner, for example, for one post was $250,000 for one post. So do you remember the story about Kendall Jenner? And she seems like a lovely person, whatever. She got in some hot water a couple of years ago because I think her makeup artist got in a bag of car accident. Mm-hmm. And she started a GoFundMe for the mm-hmm. $100,000, $50,000, whatever it was for medical care for this person. And everybody's like, are you fucking kidding me? You could have paid for that. Mm-hmm. But everybody was just like, you'll charge us out the ass for your makeup, and now you're going to have us pay for your makeup artists, you know. Yes, that's how they get rich. They're not paying for anything yes. themselves, right? And so she thought right. she was doing a good thing by using her 10 billion followers to help her makeup yeah. artists versus right. I will just pay for it because I have $10 billion. That's just such a different mentality. And people exactly. who become rich exactly. don't get that way by giving money away. I know they don't, but I just... I don't know. You just, I want to believe the best in people. That's just the way my heart works. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you're just like, oh my God, that's just missing the point so hardcore. Yeah. But that's all I ever think about now for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I will ever move back at her. Like, she just, it just sounds selfish and ugh, mm-hmm. it's just not great. So that's my, um, that's my beef with Kendall Jenner, I guess. So there you go, everyone. That's all I know about her. I don't know anything about the family. Mm-hmm. Other than they're famous for being famous and they don't actually do anything, and um, which is an odd concept in the you know, but I'm like, I guess for female empowerment situations, like good on you, ladies. But at the same time, it's like, can you just be actual human beings? Also, is that too much? Do you have now? a marketable skill? Anything? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They started advertising it for six months away, right? Mm-hmm. It was going to be six months away, and they had not even started working on putting this together right it was a very very loose outline like we know we're going to have musical acts but those weren't solidified they knew that they wanted to have it in the bahamas but even that wasn't exactly fleshed out either right because the original island they wanted was essentially they wanted to buy an island and that can take years just to get the paperwork involved These islands, a lot of them don't have any infrastructure whatsoever. They don't have running water that's clean. They don't have an An airport, airport, electricity, internet, sewage, right? So Mm -hmm. they ended up going to the Great, is it Great Exuma? That's what I've got, yeah. Which is one of the larger islands. And so it had the infrastructure, Mm -hmm. but they didn't even have a spot picked out. And the spot they end up finding is just this concrete parking lot that used to be part of Sandals. Right. It's extremely barren, which yes. is a 180 from what they were advertising, this mm-hmm. lush area with all this, you know, they're starting to talk to the people who are familiar with this and event planners are like, that's not going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. nobody, they don't talk to anybody who said, 
I saw what a disaster this was and I like oops my way right out like I just abandoned ship like everybody seemed to be like well I mean I guess I want my name associated with this juggernaut of a music festival and I thought that was really interesting too I was like wow that's uh not got a lot of foresight you guys did you talk to Delroy Jackson who's a local Mm -hmm. Bahamian and he was part of the crew and he talks about them on New Year's Eve out there partying in the Bahamas and he's like all right you guys this is fun go have fun tonight live it up tomorrow Mm -hmm. we have to start planning this you guys we only have like Mm -hmm. a few months because it was was supposed to be in April right so at this point you've only got four months and they're all like oh don't worry you just sit down you're adorable you don't know anything yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I did think it was interesting that they had um, a lady that was talking about these kind of scams were not unknown in the Bahamas because you know there's a lot of unemployment. The people are extremely hardworking and dedicated mm-hmm. to what they're doing. They have kind of a culture around being amazing hosts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they were kind of ripe for the pickings, you know, for people to come in and offer to pay and do all this kind of stuff and, you know, try to make this happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, it was, you come back to this thing, like, it is an extreme timeline for all the stuff that they had to do. So even with vast numbers of workers, you still wouldn't have been able to pull it off. But I thought it was interesting to kind of talk about the culture and why they might have ended up in the Bahamas in the first place. Well, and I think the government at the time was fairly easily corruptible, right? Right. You can buy your way into permits faster and things like that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like ours, actually. So yeah, you get a lot of that. But they Mm -hmm. also mentioned that there were two weekends that they had planned to do this. And those two weekends happen to coincide with the largest sailing regatta that they host every single year in the Bahamas. So Mm -hmm. there would be no cars available. There would be no hotels available, nothing. Mm -hmm. And they had tried to get them to move the dates and like, oh, no, we couldn't possibly. These people. Sorry. No, I mean, don't you think, though, it's a little bit of fake it till you make it. Well, not a little bit, just (laughs) an extreme version. But I don't know if I think Billy is kind of a genius for just having that kind of drive or extremely short-sighted. I mean, he was able to pull some shit off in the past, not, not on the up and up, mm-hmm. but like that kind of drive is foreign to me. Like, well, we'll just throw enough money at it that it'll just magically happen. It'll just happen. Well, they, and people who yeah. are familiar with these kinds of events and planning these kind of events are like, listen, it would take 18 months to plan this. Even if you had all the infrastructure and everything in there. It takes a right. long time to pull this together. And they're like, we can mm-hmm. totally do it in a couple of months. There's just no way. There was nothing you could physically do to get mm-hmm. it done in time. I do give Billy a teeny, teeny, teeny amount of credit. When asked, because, you know, Billy and Jaw Rule were, were told, and other people in the, in the group, I'm sure, were told several times reasons why this wasn't going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The regatta, not enough time, not enough resources, blah, blah, blah. And when the interviewer asked Billy, was Jaw Rule, did he know? Did he, what was his part? And Billy straight up says, he goes, I was in charge. I decided not to cancel it and to go forward. It was my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the first and only time in his life he's taken any responsibility for anything. Yes. I wonder if he would look at it the same way. Like, I think he still thinks that any PR is good PR. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I want to be known for being the mastermind of the world's biggest Failure. disaster. Yeah. So they were selling villas that didn't exist. So they start upping and upping kind of the packages and they kind of start mm-hmm. selling more and more stuff that just doesn't exist, but they need money. And they right. said, so this is when Billy starts committing wire fraud. 
because he's trying to come up with ways to get things to him without actually paying for it, right? Mm-hmm. So he lies about wiring money. He, it, it just, he's essentially stealing stuff at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. trying to push back on the collectors, trying to get more money. He's not paying like the artists, he's not paying local vendors or workers or customs. Yeah. But he also will come in and be like, um, you know what? We're going to decide. We decided that this is going to be no cash. So how about you guys buy these bracelets? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was a lot of bait and switch, bait and switch for this, bait and mm-hmm. switch for that. Um, So it was quite creative in that way. Mm-hmm. But Jesus. Right. Yeah. And you find out that a lot of this fire festival was really just to promote the fire app, which was a talent booking app that they were trying to push out. Which also doesn't make any sense because I have a kid that's going to graduate this year. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to see if Coldplay can come and hit that for our entertainment. You know what I mean? Like it seems like it's still extremely out of reach. Maybe Nickelback. Maybe (laughs) my small mindedness. (laughs) But you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know what that's all about. I think again, we're not the target demographic for that. I know, but it's like they're, there weren't avenues for getting this done anyway. So this is another example of me trying to apply logic to a situation that does not at all want my logic. It doesn't want it, girl. Okay. Get back. Right. Right. Let's talk about Calvin Wells a little bit. He's a venture capitalist, and they interview him throughout this documentary as well. And he happened to kind of catch on pretty quickly that this, is, this isn't good. This is a fraud. Right. He actually makes a fire fraud account on Instagram and starts like telling people, this is the problem. I'm seeing these issues. And people are like, oh, silly. It's fine. But he also, you know, he calls some artists that he knows and be like, hey, are you getting paid? And they're like, no. Mm -hmm. And when he finds out that this is supposed to be for the fire app, a promotion for the fire app, and he finds out that Comcast Media was going to invest in this app. Mm-hmm. Um, Calvin calls some friends there and he's like, listen, have you paid any money yet? And they're like, no. He's like, do me a favor. Don't pay anything until after the festival. Right. Right. And so they don't, but I think Billy was counting on a lot of that money. He wasn't, he was counting on money from any source. And so if he needed money, he would get it from the investors from the app. He didn't care. Right. And so that really kind of screwed him. Cause I think it was like $20 million. It was some huge amount of money mm-hmm. that they weren't getting vendors start dropping out yes calvin goes to the wall street journal and gives them all the information they need they write an article Mm -hmm. about how it's a fraud no one really says anything no one does anything nothing changes but then you find out that you have the people from fuck jerry media are charged with deleting anything negative on social media yes that's not good that's a red flag if you can't have any negative anything right So you're kind of getting the feel that this is too big to fail, right? Like there's just, everybody's so invested in this. Mm -hmm. We can't see the forest for the trees, you know, whatever other old timey sayings that (laughs) probably won't matter to millennials that are, you know, (laughs) but the people with the money, there were enough warning signs that a little bit of follow through might have saved their ass on Mm -hmm. some of this. You see Billy doctoring evaluations of the app and how many mm-hmm. artists he has as part of the app already and all of these things mm-hmm. to try to talk investors into giving them money now. Mm-hmm. People talked about how they saw him just write in random numbers on a spreadsheet. Dude. Yep. Again, not being sneaky at all. Like no one's mm-hmm. going to have beef with what you're doing. And 
that's got to be some special psychology right there. I just find that very, very interesting that you're just not, you're just, whatever I say and do, this is what everybody's going to follow along. And well, and it's interesting because people talk about whenever it gets like difficult, he just kind of runs off on his four wheeler and goes away (laughs) and comes back. I mean, I I can't even hear you. (laughs) 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 It's just, that seems really, really childish. Yeah. I mean, he, but he's so young. Of course, he hasn't learned to deal with any real failure yet. And so, you know, they start, (laughs) they start realizing that a lot of the stuff they're not going to be able to do. They're not going to be able to build these villas. They're not going to be able to have these Mm -hmm. luxury tents. They're not going to be able to do any of that. They start shipping in Mm -hmm. porta potties. Mm, Nothing says class like porta potties. (laughs) Merry Christmas shitters fall. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But then someone says, well, if no one's eating, no one's pooping. I was like, well, there you go. There's that. I mean, yeah, there's some logic for you. And then they order $2 million worth of alcohol because that's going to make everything better if you have drunk, angry people. It's going to smooth everything over. What a nice balm for, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to sing a lot of, like, rounds of Chumbawamba (laughs) or whatever, and it'll be fine. (laughs) Chumbawamba. I was like, what's a good drinking song? I don't even know. People at that wouldn't even know what that song was. I need to get current. Yeah, you do. You're so old. Thank God I'm young. I keep mm. us afloat. Well, you didn't. You did send me the update song for the, the CPR. So it's no longer staying alive. It's now. Yeah. It is. So, uh, <laughs> woo. Hey, we're hip. We're cool. Ask us. <laughs> That's right. In a bid for money, Billy starts getting involved with some sketchier people. He got a loan for $3 million, but the interest was 120%. Mm-hmm. So he owed like $600,000 just in interest in three months. And this is a business yeah. plan, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> just, just pointing that out. Mm-hmm. We should be thankful he can, he should be thankful he can still bend his knees and they didn't just take those out. That's right. Sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. The job site is shut down because they weren't paying national insurance. Right. Yep. So seven days out. Everyone knows there's not enough accommodations. Some people try to talk him into, mm-hmm. please, there are people here that were getting tickets that weren't paying because they were just like influencers and shit. He's like, please just cancel some of these tickets. Just tell them they can't come something. Right. That way you'll have less people to deal mm-hmm. with, right? No. Yeah. There'll be no mm-hmm. part of that. Well, I mean, yeah, you don't want to show any any weakness, right? Like you don't want to show any holes in the uh, grand scheme. Mm-hmm. We want to wait until the end and let it all roll out at once. Yeah. Five days out. There are no communications because customs wasn't paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Four days out, fuck Jerry is still posting ads, ready to go. Like, super mm-hmm. excited about fire. Right. Might want to bring an extra pair of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Three days out, people are like, it's just chaos. They're working essentially 18-hour days at this point. They're barely getting any sleep. They're trying to get this yep. stuff done. Two days out, people started to have breakdowns and panic attacks. Okay, surely this was happening prior to this, right? Yeah. I can't imagine the pressure that the workers were under. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is your work. You want this to go well. I just can't mm-hmm. imagine. And again, this is this is nothing but Billy just fucking everybody over. Right. And then putting the blame on them, I'm sure. Right. Right. Like, right. oh, if you would have been better, this wouldn't have happened type of mentality. Yeah, if, you could, if you could just work 26 hours a day, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And then the day before, the night before everyone's supposed to arrive, Mm -hmm. they get 
torrential downpour, monsoon storms, like hurricane strength winds, rain, God type stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, the shitty tents they had put up, the FEMA tents they had put up were most of them were no longer usable. The mattresses mm-hmm. were all wet. And you feel for these workers because they're like, listen, although we didn't do it the way it was supposed to be, we had done something at least and gotten to a certain point, And now mm-hmm. it's just all shit. Right. It's even worse. Oh, I broke my heart. And then day of Blink 182 pulls out. Listen, I can sing along with a couple Blink 182 songs, but this yeah. is the only band I think that I knew at this festival. <laughs> and all I could think, and again, I'm, I'm wait, not who they're targeting, but, wait, but Kanye was supposed to be there. Well, I think that was a an assumption and he never signed up. <laughs> I know. And I'm just like, um, right. that wouldn't draw me in. I'd be like, all right. Um. Well, that's what I'm thinking. These people are paying this much money to see Blink-182? Right. Listen, for me to pay thousands of dollars, it would have to be a lineup of the dead. It would have to be like Janis Joplin came back from the dead, Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, yeah. David Bowie, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm paying thousands of dollars to see. Yeah. I can't. I just don't understand. They had spoken about people sold everything that they had. People, yes, I mean, did whatever they could to make this happen because this is supposed to be the event of a lifetime, right? They quit their jobs if they couldn't get the time off. Yeah. Those are the people that I'm like, you know, there were some warning signs and I understand having hope and like being like, this is it. I'm going to, you know, whatever. But I I can't imagine the disappointment when you roll Mm -mm. in and you're like going out to the site on a school bus. Oh, yeah. So the first indication is you get a couple of these ultra high level influencers. I don't know. They can't be ultra high. She only had like 500,000 followers or something, which is a lot more than me. Don't get me wrong. But it's still not several million Kendall Jenner style. Right. So she's like, we're on our private plane. And it was just a like a 737 that they slapped a like sticker on the side of some fire festival. (laughs) Right. That's magnetic. So you can get it off later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good Lord. And then they get there and the first buses get there and they ship them to a different resort. They put them on school buses. Right. And they take them to a different resort so they can just sit in the sun and get drunk. Oh my God. Yeah. Which again is another short term fix. Like people aren't going to be bitching when they're on the beach getting hammered. However, people are getting sunburned. People are getting so drunk that they're passed out everywhere. I mean, like you have a whole nother host of problems mm-hmm. because you didn't have any fucking foresight to think about crowd control and shit like that. Unbelievable. I'm also going to say I didn't see one person of color there because clearly oh. they're smart enough not to fucking do this shit. <laughs> it's all a bunch of young white people who all I could think of was, oh, the melanoma. That sun beating <laughs> down. They're all getting burnt. Right. Oh. In about 10 years, we'll all have a, well, there'll be a new syndrome. <laughs> Right. Um, dumpster fire festival syndrome. Yeah. I'm going to call it now. I want some cred. Yeah, that. mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, it just looked so miserable because I know I just watching this video, I was burning a little bit. <laughs> and well done, people of color of the world for not falling for this bullshit. Right. Yeah. Thanks for being smart enough for, for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they only ship the first couple of plane loads and bus loads out to this other resort so mm-hmm. when those buses then get packed back up and go to the site itself there are tons of people there already 
they mm-hmm. show videos of when they first pull up and see these FEMA tents and the shitty environment. Now, I will also say that they had sent out an email. The festival had sent out an email like the day of or day before saying, hey, you know, just, you know, still, still finishing up a little odds and ends. So don't mind the trucks and boxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice way to try to cover. Yeah. But it was so bad. They said some people were crying when they saw it. Oh. Well, they said that. You know, there are hundreds of people in line to talk to a guy that was up on, like, a picnic table or whatever. But I think that's Billy, right? He's the one that's trying to answer the questions and shit like that. So they were lined up to try to get tents, right? And so one guy's like, listen, we were getting through and we had several hundred. We hadn't gotten through. We were working through the crowd. It was was a good system, Mm -hmm. getting them tents, getting them where they're going. Billy clearly couldn't be bothered with that kind of nonsense. People were standing in the sun. Logistics. And he solved that by standing up on a tent just saying, hey... Everyone just go grab a tent. Free for all, go grab something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bunch of drunk people fighting over tents. That just sounds stupid and horrible. Well, I mean, to me, it all goes back to him, you know, and they, somebody said in the pro-Billy propaganda letters <laughs> when he was getting indicted mm-hmm. or whatever, that he's like, oh, it's a blessing and a curse. He can only think big. And I'm like, yes, he has no ability to think of small details and executing things. Like, it's all just giant concepts. It's no real world ability to organize anything. Right. And they, I go back oh. to Elizabeth Holmes, who did Theranos. She also dropped out of school because she couldn't be bothered with learning the stuff that it would take to do this. And then she starts a company and makes all these promises before she even knows what it would take to make it work. Right. And then she she was right. just indicted for fraud. So right. I appreciate big thinking, but you have to be able to at least surround yourself with people and listen yes, to them. That's what I was going to say. Surround yourself with the right people, people with these skill sets, and then listen yes. to what they fucking have to say. Don't just completely dismiss them because you're inconvenienced because what they have to say takes time, takes money, takes organization. Mm-hmm. You can't just turn a bunch of people loose in a situation like that. You're asking for fucking problems. Yeah. Yeah, and they're talking to Billy afterwards. Obviously, he's in this little room and his all black mm-hmm. with his kiss boots on, <laughs> with his giant ass <laughs> boots. I'm telling you, I can You know, you know, I told, I said he was handsome. Now I'm like, did I even see his face? I think I was staring at those boots. Yeah. Oh, now I, all I can amazing. think of him is singing "Let's Put the X in Sex" and dancing around <laughs> in those boots. Sorry, sorry. I'm not a Kiss fan. Ooh. I think all their songs sound the same. But good for them. I'm not a giant Kiss fan either. I mean, I can appreciate them in their place in rock and roll history, but they're just not my jam. But goddamn, if those boots didn't evidently make quite an impression yeah. on me. It's so funny because they were, like, because of the makeup and, and the album covers and that, people are like, they're satanic. But if you listen to it, they're the fluffiest rock band ever. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> That's right. Goddamn Beth and her devil. Right. <laughs> so at one point... Billy says, we had 250 houses rented for millions of dollars. We had paper receipts and a box of keys, physical keys, cars, and maps to take people to the houses. Unfortunately, the box of keys went missing. And that's it. That's, that's all the explanation. Like, did they get dumped into the ocean? And what the fuck is with the paper receipts? Because that way he can not have actual receipts via, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's, what I was That's saying, a CYA like... thing right there. We had paper receipts. They must have blown away at some point in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they hand wrote themselves paper receipts on napkins. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's lots of problems with this, but that one was, a, was it. Unfortunately, the giant box of keys went missing. Mm. The okay. dog ate it. Okay. The, yeah. 
Jesus right? Christ, dude. These island poltergeists just running off with my boxing case. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why even bring that up? I mean, but he he's trying to justify, oh, we totally had this under control, but whoops. Well, it sounds so asinine, right? Mm-hmm. So people are still missing their luggage. It's like dark out now, and they have people standing in a shipping container, like a semi-type shipping container, just essentially throwing luggage out at people. Like, here you go, find it, mm-hmm. whatever. At this point, it's just pure anarchy. I <laughs> I can't even imagine. Yeah, weren't there a couple, like, Lord of the Flies references and yes. stuff like that going on in this? And you're like, that screams luxury to me. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> Right. So people are posting on social media what's going on. They're posting pictures of the cheese sandwiches, which are clearly top-notch five-star chef. Yeah. And in the process, Billy's lawyer for every one of those is issuing cease and desist like orders for any person who posts something negative. Mm -hmm. That's always the on the up and up. When you have to tell people, don't say bad things or we're going to sue you. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. We can't take a hint of criticism. And, you know, you goddamn rat bastards brought this on yourself yeah but yeah that's like the uh grade school stomp off that we've been dealing with this whole time right Mm -hmm. so can we talk about the fact that one of the influencers actually said hashtag rescue mission (laughs) um that's another thing that they talk about is everybody's like um am i supposed to care about the first world problems of these rich millennial you know punks who are like oh my luxury cheese sandwich Mm -hmm. isn't really to my palate or whatever so i mean they did not get a lot of sympathy Mm -hmm. after spending a bajillion dollars to be at this defunct music festival Mm -hmm. so which they couldn't leave yeah Mm because they're kind of trapped so you know a bunch of people storm the airport storm the airport they go to the airport trying to get a flight out and the poor airport manager's like dude uh, there's drunk white people (laughs) They finally get a plane and they get people on it and then they can't leave because there are 111 names and 112 people. Yeah. Do you think they had an Aaron McCord, Aaron McCart situation? Oh, it's possible. <laughs> Absolutely possible. IT people and companies that we worked for cannot get that straight. Mm-hmm. Not their fault. I mean, who would have thought? What are the odds? Right? Really kind of <laughs> mm-hmm. So they, they're on the plane. They have to all get off the plane. So they can situate it, you know, get all the names Mm -hmm. because customs won't allow them to come to the United States, right? With one extra person in tow. So then they're finally allowed to get back on the plane at which point, which is funny because that's when John's like, oh, that crew timed out. And the minute he said that, the the captain came out. (laughs) That's what they said. (laughs) They timed out. So then they get back off the plane and then they finally got back on the plane and they finally get to fly home. Who knows how many hours later this is. These people are probably like, yeah, ready to pass out. I can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, they're young. They got a lot of stamina, but I'm tired for them. Right. Also, I can't drink more than two sips of alcohol without feeling like I'm drunk as hell. So I would have been passed out dead. I think for empirical evidence, I'm going to need to see that (laughs) at some point. It's bad. (laughs) And with your goddamn heritage of Irish and German, you're just not really hanging in with Mm -hmm. peeps from your past. My liver... It's like, listen, your ancestors have enjoyed enough alcohol. You don't get any. <laughs> right. They just used it all up. We won't metabolize any of this. <laughs> yeah. So then they start, I mean, there's a lot of, not whisperings, there's probably screamings now about getting their money back and all that kind of stuff, which is, again, compounded with all the rest of this bullshit that's going on. So Right. And while they're on the plane, they get an email from Fire Festival mm. that reads, well, we know we got off to a rough start on day one, but day two will be amazing. 
dude, read the room. This is not, no. Yeah, you're not fooling anybody no. anymore. Like, it's easy when people aren't there with, like, eyewitness shit going on, but to try to, I don't know, placate in the worst possible way, like, here's another cheese sandwich. I mean, like, that's sort of mm -mm. <laughs> came across, like, I just don't know what would possess you to try to save face at that point. Just let it go. I don't know. I mean, we talked a lot on this podcast about awareness. And lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I love the, the, the phrase, read a room. <laughs> oh, God damn. Well, <laughs> read the island, I guess, in this case. The entire I mean, island. Yeah. Yeah. Then the news starts coming out, right? Because people are tweeting. People are Instagramming. Mm -hmm. Is it Instagramming? I don't know. Whatever the word is for posting on Instagram. I mean, now it's Instagramming. We can verb something. <laughs> you sure can. So the news gets wind of it, and it's not good. The best part is, like, someone wrote it was a tsunami of schadenfreude because the rest of the world was like, yeah, that's hilarious to watch. Like, we'd love to like, watch this. And? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor you. Yeah. I liked the guy who said, white people love to camp as long as it's not unexpected. That was Trevor was Noah. That... Oh, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. One of my many movie star boyfriends. Yeah, Trevor Noah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there was a lawyer that put a $100 million lawsuit for fraud and damages, essentially a class action lawsuit for all the people yeah. that were involved. He's suing mm -hmm. Billy and everyone involved with it. Essentially, he's suing him for the amount of money that they feel like they probably would have made from this festival. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't know. Yeah. And mind you, I, I couldn't imagine how much money has been borrowed or whatever to try to get that hundred million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I mean, that's mm -hmm. just, just a small thought that occurred to me, but you're just like, Oh my God, like what an actual nightmare. Yeah. Well, in, in the process of all this, the fire app is still a go, right? They still have employees working <laughs> on it and they're like, dude, they want, they're emailing Billy telling him to fire Grant. Grant we was, it wasn't even like their marketing. He was just some rogue dude. At during yeah, the, Magnesis that came on board and yeah, complained a little bit. And then Billy was like, Why don't you just be our VP of marketing mm -hmm. and like fix all this shit? And it's like, so he had no credentials that we know of. And he was one of the ones that did the uh, really weird picture with luxury on it. So you're like looking over a vineyard or something and it's luxury or what? He just said it was like a 120 page slide deck of just a word yeah. and a picture and that was his marketing scheme and like they ran out of time so we just flipped through them real real fast we're like click 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 yeah it's the exact Somewhere. opposite of where we work where they put like five pages worth of text <laughs> on one powerpoint slide <laughs> jesus right but there's a recorded call between the employees and billy that someone posted online so everyone kind of got to hear what was going on mm -hmm. and he never told them that comcast had pulled out or hadn't paid or anything he kept saying mm -hmm. oh no we're getting the money any day now and they haven't got the money and so of course the people are like dude we can't continue to do this mm -hmm. two weeks after the fire festival he wants to do a recovery documentary he like hires a cameraman because they're going to go down there and try to film what went wrong or he's trying to recoup some of the cost by doing something else by spending more money yes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, i mean he's the embodiment of you have to spend money to make money and he's just not getting that second part quite right yet <laughs> just spending yeah like he's the, the cameraman goes and he's like living in this penthouse in new york city so it's got to be 
millions of dollars a month. I don't know. Sure, sure. <laughs> but before they even get down there, the Bahamas ban Billy and Ja Rule from doing any productions in the Bahamas ever again. Like a lifetime ban. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, the merch, they were going to try to still sell the merch, but Customs kept it because they're like, bitch, you didn't pay Customs. We're keeping it. Which actually probably would have sold, don't you think? Oh, like, yeah. This was such a huge to-do. I'm sure there were a lot of adulterated, like, fire fraud, blah, blah, blah. But if you could just get a fire festival, like, total support shirt, you yeah. know, uh, ground crew or some shit like that, um, they probably would have been able to do some some good recovery there. The most amazing part of this, I will say, in my opinion, mm. was the fact that Within a few weeks or so, Billy is in L.A. and he's talking about Fire Festival 2018. It's going to happen. It's a thing. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. No, none of that. What the fuck is wrong with your brain that you don't understand? <laughs> Do you think it's like the project you work on at work that doesn't go quite to plan in your presentation, but like the next time you know you're going to nail it, it, you know, you're like, well, it's, in this case, it doesn't matter that it people's livelihoods were at stake or you know people could have really gotten yeah. hurt injured killed yes. any of this and he's just like a couple tweaks we'll be good to go mm -hmm. just not in the bahamas because i can't ever go back there somewhere else totally somewhere yeah. else yeah mm -hmm. so he is charged billy is charged with wire fraud he pleads guilty i'll give him credit for that ja rule takes zero responsibility for any of it mm -hmm. Listen, dude, you were the only brown man there. I get it. You don't want to be the sole owner of this for the brown community. Right, but right, right. You have to take a little responsibility. Again, in the interview, though, with Billy, there was quite a bit of time that he's like, we didn't do anything illegal. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This you was illegal I mean? doing this. This wasn't illegal. Like, he pled guilty to a right. couple things, but the majority of what he feels like he did was on the up and up. Right. So I think he thinks he's walking that line between... It's frowned upon, but it's not going to get me in trouble. And I'm like, oh, man, it is going to get you in trouble. That's the moral of the story. Thankfully. Here. They have a psychiatrist on, or a psychologist, mm -hmm. one of the two. She was discussing how he's obviously a compulsive liar. Mm -hmm. But he is a con artist. And she said con artists would pass a lie detector test with flying colors because there's no tension there. To them, this is the truth. They believe yeah, what they're saying. Yeah, they convince themselves that this that there is no failure here. It's just um, if I'd had a little bit more time, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just it's a subtle shift in your thinking, but that's how you can convince people to buy into this mm -hmm. shit. You have to believe it to convince other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And then she said, "We'll be hearing from him again." And all I thought is, "This motherfucker's going to run for president, isn't he?" I know it. <laughs> I know he is. <laughs> right. I think it's interesting that they have his girlfriend on too. And yeah, you know, she seems like a nice person and she's like, everybody makes mistakes and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they show her at the sentencing or after the sentencing and she's walking out and she's crying and stuff. And I'm like, seriously, you didn't think maybe this was going to come to jail time for him. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just, well, and she, she's like, it was destiny that we met. We were meant to be together. I've never felt this way about anyone. But I'd like to point out, her name is now Anastasia Aramco Berg, which means she got married to someone other than Billy. <laughs> so, so Billy gets out on bail. He's still living his huge life, right? And he, in December of 2017, this is what, eight months later, mm -hmm. people who were at the fire Festival 
start getting these emails from, <laughs> uh, it's NYC something something, I don't know, some company, mm-hmm. about exclusive tickets for events that don't even sell tickets, like the Met Gala, Gala. and yeah. the Victoria's Secret show and things like that. You cannot get tickets to it because they don't sell tickets to that, right? Yeah, there's no public. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone made the statement, this might be my favorite statement of all time. They said, when you're out on parole or bond, that's when you should be committing the least amount of crimes. <laughs> that's a statement that should never have to be said. <laughs> I just, yes. Yeah. But it's like to him, it was almost like it's an addiction, right? It's like gambling or alcoholism. It's like an addiction. Mm-hmm. He has to keep more like gambling because in gambling, you know, you win sometimes, right? So you keep going thinking, oh, the next mm-hmm. one I'll win, I'll win, I'll win. Mm-hmm. And so you keep running these scams thinking, well, one of these is going to work. It has in the past. One of these will work. It's fascinating, right? Because, you know, you would think after being in jail for some years, I mean, I think his sentence was for six years. I don't know how exactly how long he served, but like, my God, man, find another profession. Like, sorry, maybe you won't be able to drive those Ferraris around or whatever, but like, well, and I think, I think because of this, his bail was actually revoked and he ended up having to go in for the six years. Okay. And he was supposed to pay twenty six plus million dollars in in restitution mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, I guess I hope that people got their money back. That would be just. But generally, they don't, right? When you when you end up suing yes. like this, you're not going to yes. get your money. The point is to keep them from doing it again, more so than anything. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, he's still in prison. I don't know. I didn't look it up. I don't care enough about him to look it up, honestly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but there are still a lot of local Bahamians who did all that work and they never got paid. So they're owed yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, and their government doesn't seem like such that they would have gone after this guy for that, right? Well, they had new government that banned them, but other than that, I don't well, know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the legal precedent is for that kind of thing, but you know, the DOJ went after him here to try to get that resolved. Mm-hmm. In the end, they went after him because he defrauded rich people. And you can't fuck with rich people. Because, you know, they run the world. Well, you can. You just won't get your Hamilton tickets. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But in all honesty, if it were, if he were pulling scams like this on the average person, they probably wouldn't give a fuck. Right. Our government doesn't care any more than any other government. Well, probably less so than a lot. So. Right. Because we should have known better as consumers. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that that's probably part of it. Capitalism. Mm -hmm. So Grant, who was the horrible marketing VP. (laughs) Is now an yeah. EMT. Now he seems like the wor- the last person I want to do CPR on me. First of all, because I don't think he knows the rhythm to WAP. So he'll probably fuck <laughs> it up. But also, he just seems completely self-involved. And I feel like EMTs need to be a little bit less selfish. Maybe I'm You wrong. think they need to have some empathy and compassion for a patient? Do you think right. he like takes a picture of you bleeding out and he's like, Hosan. Bandage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just... Creating slide decks in his mind or whatever. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, selfies with the dead. Yes, he is. Right. He was fined 30K by the SEC. I don't know what the SEC is. Do you? Um, yeah, I don't have that off the top of my head. Securities, commissions, I don't know, something. I'm just making shit up now. <laughs> and he is a defendant in the $100 million lawsuit. I just call it the GNG lawsuit because I, it's just fucking let's i do have it written down it is i do too garagos and garagos 
It'd be cooler if it was Galapagos and Galapagos because maybe there's a turtle in a suit. We can call um, it that. No, they would be tortoises. Sorry about that. I don't mm. want to get my species wrong, but yeah. a giant tortoise. It's been around for a while, so you know he knows that law. He knows everything. Way to go, biologists, mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. that up. I know, right? Dairy Media made statements defending their actions. Like, everything we did was because they told us to do it and they paid it. Which, it's, to one extent, I get. Dude, you were just hired to advertise. You were not hired to make sure they did what they said they were going to do. That's not what marketing companies right. are for. Yes. But they're also part of the Galapagos and Galapagos lawsuit, mm-hmm. as is Ja Rule, mm-hmm. who has a new app with a new name that I didn't write down because I don't give a shit. But it's essentially right. the same as the Fire app, but it's got a new name. And he said, it's like totally different, but kind of the same. <laughs> kind of similar. Kind of similar. On some kind of show, is it a show where he gets drunk with a bunch of guys? And then I'm like, what a bad move. Mm-hmm. This whatever it was was recorded they showed some video clips so i don't know if it's a podcast or whatever it is but people sit around and get drunk and talk about stuff you know that's going to come up so i don't know just seems ill-advised he's not worried about it, though listen delroy i said delroy said it best when they first sat down at his bar in the bahamas and he started making him drinks he said a drunk mind speaks a sober tongue or something along those that. lines that was and brilliant he- yeah, and that's some bartender, real street smarts right there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bartender philosophy. Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe we should start doing this drunk. I don't know. It'd be entertaining. Wouldn't take much for me. I have trouble getting my words out correctly as is. So, unless you want to do a little bit more editing, as I'm like, you don't want to hear drunk Erin. She's probably not that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not that great. Yeah, I was drinking cocktail the first episode that we did, the Bray Road right. Beast. I was I was drinking mm-hmm. for that one, so sorry guys. Okay. Well that's really all I had for this documentary. I think I think they did a good job. They released it like a couple weeks before Netflix released theirs. Mm-hmm. And they are very different. So this one is very much a talking to Billy and talking mm-hmm. to kind of that kind of side of it. Sort of the lead up into yeah. and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other one, I think, has a lot more of, like, the workers and stuff like that. I have seen both. But, okay, they are very different. They have different information. But both of them are like, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, all you, you're you just watching it, and you really want to feel bad for these people. But then they're taking pictures and like, oh, look at me. And you're like, okay, I don't feel bad for you anymore. Yeah. I'll be interested. I have not seen the second one yet on Netflix. I will be partaking in that shortly so I can be a um, active discussion partner (laughs) in this for you. (laughs) But I'd like to say again, a a quick thank you to Seriously Sinister Podcast and to ANED74 for participating and giving us a little bit of comment to work with. And Mm -hmm. that makes it really, really fun for us because we like, we're a community-based podcast. That's kind of what we're hoping for. So um, more of that, please. Right. Listeners of the world. Yeah, we get really excited to see like people from Brazil or people from Sweden. Yeah, we have tens of followers and some of those <laughs> followers are in other countries. And that makes me so excited to see that. Yeah, me too. The fact that we have listeners in Brazil. Please, please write us. Let us know any documentaries maybe that you would like to see us do because I sure. am not afraid of a subtitle. No. <laughs> I can read pretty quick on uh, non-drunk days, so I think we should be good to go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so again, we'll be covering Fire. What I have is Fire, the Greatest Party That Never Happened on Netflix a little later this week, so we'll be releasing that shortly thereafter. Kind of as a bonus Uh, episode. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So look for some updated details coming out on Instagram and Twitter for that. Our handle there is go dock yourself so you can find us. That one runs about an hour and 37 minutes. And then the next big one we're going to do, I am so excited about. (laughs) Probably unbelievable, like creepily excited about, I will go ahead and say a documentary called The Final Member. This is available on Hulu. It's about an hour and 12 minutes, and it's about wieners, y'all. Uh, <laughs> um, and more specifically, the Icelandic Wiener Museum. Right. Phallological. Yeah, some, <laughs> some really nice title that I I just couldn't help. I really could not help myself. So I have not seen it yet. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I would also ask you guys to please rate, review, and subscribe. We really enjoy reading the reviews from people and kind of taking what you have to say to heart. If it's good, if it's constructive, all Mm -hmm. are welcome. So um, please do that and continue to comment or potentially add a question at our uh, social medias. So Mm -hmm. good stuff. Yeah, that's it. Everyone just kind of uh, be a little more self-aware. Maybe that's what we took away from this. (laughs) Let's be more self-aware. You can always ask some questions. You can Google a map or two um, if you're planning on going to a location. Maybe make a phone call. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's asking a lot right there, but. Yeah, that's maybe a little old timey, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, I don't want to end up on the list of dumbass people who didn't check into things that they did first. So, yeah. 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 All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, okay. and we'll talk to you later. Later. Bye. It's